there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one heartwarming page of Talmud, and you won't expect to find a real, ah, a real hallmark moment in the Talmud. But today's page, Kubot seventy one, delivers in spades. Have a listen to this beautiful, beautiful bit. Once the Gemara has mentioned the idea of a woman who is eager to return to her father's house, it discusses another context where a similar idea is mentioned. Concerning the verse, Then I was in his eyes as one that found peace, Song of Songs 8.10, Rabbi Yochanan said, The meaning is, Like a bride who is considered perfect in her father-in-law's house and is eager to go and relate her praise in her father's house to tell how many complimentary things were said about her by her husband's family. Similarly, concerning the verse, And it shall be on that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband, Ishi, and you will no longer call me my master, Ba'ali, Hosea 2.18. Rabbi Yochanan said, The meaning is like a bride in her father-in-law's house after she has already lived with her husband, whom she is consequently not ashamed to call her marriage partner, and not like a betrothed bride still in her father's house, who simply refers to her groom as my master. What a heartwarming bit of family lore. And when I when I hear something that makes me feel just soft and filled with hope, there's really only one man I call. You know him already. He needs no introduction, but here he is, our teacher and our dear friend. Rabbi David Bashevkin, how are you? Liel, what an absolute pleasure. And it's on these passages that I find some of the most profound ideas about religious life, but perhaps even more importantly, our family lives and how they interact. You know, if you look at the verse that is quoted in both contexts, the first verse comes from Song of Songs, from Shir Hashirim, and that verse is referring to the relationship of the Jewish people with God. And it's saying that the ideal relationship is when you are in, so to speak, you know, the house of a spouse, and you run home, that house feels so good, and you run back home to your house where you grew up, and you say, wow, they made me feel so good, so wonderful. How was Shabbos? How was the weekend? It was unbelievable. And I think in a lot of ways, we have this experience, of course, in our family lives, but more importantly, in our religious lives. When we go, so to speak, to the house of God, we go to shul, we go to Jewish communal events, what do we leave thinking and what do we leave saying? Do we leave like that bride in the original intention? Shir Hashirim is about not only our relationship with God, but our relationship with our own family life. And those analogies bleed back and forth. So this passage is talking about the relationship of a family. But it tells us deeply profound about what our relationship with God should be. Is that when we go to the places of worship that we go, how do we walk away feeling? Do we walk away feeling suffocated, oppressed, lowly, spoken down to? Or do we walk out and feel, wow, uplifted, inspired? Look at how they spoke about me. Look at the feelings that it engendered when I went into those places, so to speak. And I think there's something very moving, actually, that we do at Jewish weddings. At Jewish weddings, there's a custom that is almost, you know, universal, where the bride wears a veil. And this really derives from the original biblical story of our forefather Yaakov, Jacob, getting married to two sisters, and they switched out the bride. So we cover with a veil, and then we lift it up to make sure that we're marrying the right woman. 
But it really means something so much more profound, I think. And that is that if your marriage is going to work, you have to stop looking for problems. You have to stop looking for mistakes. You have to stop looking for those little idiosyncrasies that grate on you. You're always going to find things in somebody else that you find bothersome and difficult. But at some point, like the verse that we read in this passage, I was in his eyes. I found peace in one another's eyes. We have to take the veil and say, I'm not looking anymore. All I'm trying to find and discover is peace and serenity in my relationship. And in that world, I think it both relates to our relationship with God and in our family life. In the same way that the ultimate analogy of our relationship with God is through the relationship that we have in families, is really telling us something incredibly profound and important. And that is at the heart of everything, at the heart of your religious life, is your family life. If you want to know how we speak about God and how we talk about that commitment, it's through the terms of family. Not because it's a good analogy, not because, oh, that's the best analogy we could come up with. It's because the ultimate expression of our religious lives is how we treat our spouses, our children, the culture that we build in our homes. Very often, we go through life and we look at our family obligations, the little league, the way we have to talk to our wife, the way we have to talk to our kids. It's like a roadblock into the more sublime religious experiences that we hope for ourselves. But the exact opposite is true. In the holiest book that describes romantically the relationship of the Jewish people with God, Shir Hashirim, is an analogy for family itself. Because in the holiest of holies of our religious lives is actually how we treat our family. And we can't look at this analogy as setting up two competing ideals, but rather the ultimate expression of our relationship with God, the sense of peace that we find when we walk into davening, when we engage in religious life, needs to be the same sort of peace that we feel and that we engender and cultivate in our family lives. These aren't competing ideals, but the greatest manifestation of our religious life lives and our religious commitment needs to be found in the walls of our homes. Rabbi David Reshevkin, rabbi, teacher, scholar, friend, and now family therapist. This was so beautiful, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us today. My absolute pleasure. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic, and we will see you again soon.